Game one of the best of seven second round series between Central Division Dallas and Wildcard Pacific Division Seattle. Game one Tuesday is where we begin to bookend the pod with a series preview meant to be put up prior to the series start. Appreciate then the irony later in saying that special teams and goaltending will be the keys to winning the series when game one five on five and goal getting was how the game was won. In between, we look at the series that both had Dallas get through round two in six games with a win over Central Division Minnesota and Seattle upsetting the defending champs Central Division Colorado in seven games. The analysis of those series helping now set up the Dallas and Seattle meeting in round two for context for both teams' playoff pass thus far. Game 1, Seattle 5-4 overtime road win over Dallas. The big takeaway from Game 1, the return of Dallas is Joe Pavelski in epic fashion as he has four goals in the game in an eventual comeback spoiled in Seattle's overtime win, handing Dallas the loss. Seattle, by comparison with strong forecheck and five-on-five play and five different goal scorers, find a way to win by committee, not star power or a standout individual performance as good as Pavelski's was. Dallas is Joe Pavelski's top of circle slot far side over the pad under the blocker goal. Two minutes, 25 seconds into the first open scoring. Seattle's Jaden Schwartz, top of the paint five-hole goal, ties in a minute, 25 seconds past the first midpoint on a net front touch pass by Morgan Geeky off Seattle's forecheck. 53 seconds after Dallas's Pavelski's high slot roof glove tip goal off the cycle on Thomas Harley's point shot restores the lead. Seattle then put away three quickly in eight seconds shy of a minute of gameplay, beginning with Seattle D pinch Justin Schultz far side goal as the cross crease pass is made by Seattle coming up with the puck in the corner scrum with five minutes 32 seconds left in the first. 11 seconds after Seattle's Oliver Bjorkstrands far side post and in blocker side go off the rush on a Seattle stretch pass, followed by Seattle's Jordan Eberle's slot tip goal 41 seconds later off the point shot by Vince Dunn after a Seattle offensive zone faceoff win for two Seattle after one. After a six-goal outburst in the first, a scoreless second follows. Ten seconds to the third's midpoint, Dallas's Pavelski's net front slot rebound goal going to the net completes his hat trick to make it a one-goal game after the initial save by Seattle goalie Philip Grubauer off the rush on Jamie Benn creates the juicy rebound. With 6 minutes 37 seconds left in the third, Dallas's Pavelski's fourth goal of the game ties it. From the sidewall off the rush near the goal line, Dallas's Yanni Hockenbaugh puts it off Seattle defenseman Adam Larson's stick towards the net where, net side again going to the net, Pavelski directs it out of the air to the far side corner on a tip over Seattle goalie Grubauer's shoulder. In overtime, the score clock freezes in Dallas, and it's not fixable for the fans to see how much time has expired or how much play remains, but everyone knows the next goal wins. 7 minutes 12 seconds into the OT, off the rush, Dallas's Rope hints with the best chance for Dallas is denied by Seattle goalie Grubauer. It's the back half of the first overtime, off the cycle, and a net front rebound scramble. Seattle's Yanni Gord's attempted slot pass back to the point goes off of Dallas's Yevgeny Dandanov, back to Gord in the low circle, who quickly spins and fires at short side shelf for the OT winner through traffic, 12 minutes, 17 seconds into overtime.
That's the first taste as the Stars and Castoff Kraken collide in round two. Now a one-game-to-none lead for Seattle with game two tonight in Dallas. Let's get you caught up on how we arrived at the unlikely round two Stanley Cup playoff matchup. Welcome to Central Division Hockey, the podcast. I'm your NHL outsider and Central Division expert, Tim Bigelow. One thing I learned over doing this one-of-a-kind Central Division-focused NHL podcast is I'm unlike the rooting fans listening to it in this one way. As the playoffs go on and it gets to one division team left, that's who this podcast roots for the rest of the way out to win it all. I know Minnesota fans aren't going to say after a tough first round exit loss that they're wanting to exactly get behind Dallas to win it all. Understandable. That's why this little podcast does its job because it has the balance of appreciation, well, tough love for all eight Central Division teams. And yes, it's true. I probably do lean more favorably towards some teams because of style of play that I prefer or certainly individual players of some of all eight of the Central Division teams. But I won't gush over every player just because they play on one of the eight Central Division teams we cover. Objectivity of what is good and not what the Central Division teams is what we're trying to do and how they stack up against each other. This podcast edition has a lot of ice to cover. There is the pair of relocation versus expansion playoff edition first round recaps. Dallas advancing over Minnesota in six games in the Central Division focused teams two versus three matchup. The defending Stanley Cup champs, Colorado, falling to Seattle in a series that surprisingly goes to seven. That has the winners Dallas and Seattle underway, meeting in round two that will preview to close. Here's the game recaps for the Dallas versus Minnesota Central Division 2 versus 3 series. Game 1, Minnesota 3-2 overtime road win over Dallas. The big takeaway from Game 1 was Minnesota defenseman Matt Dumba's hit on Dallas top line forward. Vet Joe Pavelski with 7 minutes 58 seconds left in the second. The after the puck, clean hit, but late in real time. It's the fall's impact to Pavelski that forces him out of the game and for the rest of the series. Dumba initially assessed a five-minute major after review had the penalty reduced by the refs to two minutes for roughing. The hit amped the physicality level for the series up and in a play fueled the teams and fan bases dislike for each other. With 48 seconds left in the first, Minnesota's Kirill Kaprizov's net front flyby tip power play goal on Jared Spurgeon's point shot open scoring 1-0 Minnesota after 1. 2 minutes 8 seconds into the second, Dallas's Rope hints high slot glove aside a power play goal off a clean offensive zone faceoff win ties it before Dallas's Jason Robertson's top of circle far side blocker power play goal off another clean offensive zone faceoff win 2 minutes 5 seconds later puts Dallas up. Minnesota Stam steals lifted blocker side breakaway goal with 5 minutes 35 seconds left in the middle frame created off his defense zone point shot block on Dallas's Robertson evens it at two through two a scoreless third first OT scoreless that less than three minutes in sees Minnesota's Matt Boldy's net front off a three on two rush stopped and Minnesota's Marcus Johansson on a rebound denied by a glove save by Dallas goalie Jake Ottinger 
Seven minutes, 20 seconds into the second OT, Minnesota's Johansson's backhander in alone off another Minnesota three-on-two thwarted by Dallas goalie Oninger's pad save. Two minutes, 20 seconds past the second's OT's midpoint, Minnesota's Ryan Hartman's lifted corner shelf glove side goal as he takes the loose puck to the slot off the forecheck created Dallas defensive zone turnover and outweights Dallas goalie Ottinger for the OT winner. Game 2, Dallas 7-3, home win over Minnesota. The big takeaways from Game 2, first for Dallas without linemate Joe Pavelski, its center Rope Hintz's hat trick cycle to even the series. Hintz with a shorty, even strength, and power play goal that book ended the scoring. For Minnesota, the decision after goalie Philip Gustafson delivered the Game 1 win, backstopping Minnesota in a 51-save outing, turned to vet Marc-Andre Fleury. It was the plan from the onset, but it didn't go to plan in the results for the Wild. Dallas's Rope Hintz's roof glove breakaway shorthanded goal off a turnover at the Dallas Blue Line, 4 minutes 14 seconds into the first open scoring. A minute 20 seconds past the first midpoint, Dallas's Tyler Sagan's nut front deflection 5-hole and screen power play goal adds to it. Minnesota's Oscar Sundquist in the paint rebound off his skate goal with 3 minutes 49 seconds left gets Minnesota on the scoreboard 2-1 Dallas after 20. Four minutes, seven seconds into the second, Dallas's Jamie Benz off the rush five-hole power play goal from the dot is quickly followed by Dallas's Yevgeny Dodonov's net side lifted backhanded goal a minute, 27 seconds after as Minnesota goalie Fleury robs Dallas rookie Wyatt Johnston in the slot on the Dallas three-on-two just prior to Dodonov potting the rebound. Minnesota respond a minute, 54 seconds past the game's midpoint with Minnesota's Marcus Johansson's net front backhanded lifted glove side power play goal as he has the Matt Boldy shot go off him net front after his bumper position pass to Boldy and 11 seconds after Minnesota's Frederick Goudreau's in tight backhanded blocker side lift a goal off the center ice draw after the goal and a Dallas neutral zone turnover makes it a one goal game. Dallas's Dodonos high slot tip goal, his second of the middle frame on a Miro Haskin in point pass with three minutes 52 seconds left is followed by Dallas's Hintz breakaway goal for his second of the game, sliding it along the ice under Minnesota goalie Flurry as he goes for an unsuccessful poke check 46 seconds after. Dallas 6-3 through 40. Minnesota's Boldy in the top half of the third stopped on a wrap around and off the rush chance by Dallas goalie Jake Oninger. The lone tally of the third is Dallas's hints net front tap in short side power play goal for his Hattie with 7 minutes 44 seconds left in the third. Minnesota goalie Marc-Andre Fleury in his first and only start in net for the series tagged for all seven Dallas goals against in the loss. Minnesota forward Oscar Sundquist only played this game in the series, had the goal, and missed five games prior with a lower body injury. Game 3, Minnesota 5-1 home win over Dallas. The big takeaways from Game 3 for Minnesota goalie Philip Gustafson returns to the crease to be stellar, foiling Dallas goalie Lakeville, Minnesota. Jake Ottinger's playoff homecoming NHL game in his home state. Minnesota had center Joel Erickson Eck return to the lineup. It lasted a shift as Eck, trying to come back from a lower body injury, exited and did not return nor play the rest of the series. Things did go better for former star Minnesota. Minnesota's John Klingberg getting into his first game of the series as he contributed a pair of assists. 
With three minutes, 15 seconds left in the first, Minnesota's Matt Zuccarello's net front scramble backhanded goal open scoring off a Minnesota offensive zone faceoff win. one nothing Minnesota after one. Two minutes, 14 seconds into the second, Minnesota's Marcus Johansson's curl and drag around Dallas defenseman Colin Miller to go far side above the pad past Dallas goalie Jake Oninger for the goal is quickly responded by Dallas's Luke Lendenning's net front scramble far side glove slot goal 11 seconds after four and a half minutes into the second dallas goalie ottinger with a glove save on minnesota's frederick goudreau's two-on-one keep shot a minute 24 seconds past the game's midpoint minnesota's marcus felino's net front screen and tip power play goal that stands after review bookends the middle frame scoring 3-1 minnesota through two in the back half of the third minnesota's azucarello's breakaway far side slot glove side goal for his second of the game off a bank sidewall stretch pass from from Minnesota's defensive zone by Ryan Hartman with 5 minutes 53 seconds left and Minnesota Hartman's empty net goal from distance clearing the Minnesota defensive zone with a minute 50 seconds left rounds out the scoring. Game 4, Dallas 3-2 road win over Minnesota. The big takeaways from Game 4 for Dallas, goalie Jake Oninger is stellar in his home state team in the series, while Minnesota elects to return to goalie Philip Gustafson in consecutive playoff starts. Dallas's special teams start to positively impact the series in the Stars' favor. 32 seconds into the first, Dallas goalie Jake Oninger stops the slot one-timer by Minnesota's Matt Zuccarello on a two-on-one with Kirill Kaprizov. Six minutes, two seconds into the second minnesota's marcus felino's breakaway is stopped next it's minnesota's caprizos breakaway a minute 44 seconds after that is denied dallas's tyler sagan's net front office skate rebound five hole power play goal with four minutes 18 seconds left in the second open scoring dallas won nothing through 40 dallas's yevgeny dodonov's high slot off the rush short side through traffic goal as he exits the penalty box three minutes five seconds into the third is answered back by minnesota's john Klingberg's off the rush far side wrister roof goal two minutes 53 seconds after teams trade goals again starting with Dallas's Sagan's second power play goal of the game off the rush roof slot glove with three minutes 31 seconds left and Minnesota's Frederick Goudreau's net side body to stick rebound lifted six on four power play goal as the puck goes off the short side post on Matt Boldy's shot with a minute 20 seconds left but Minnesota is unable to score the equalizer as six on five minnesota's marcus johansson just below the dots one timer is stopped by dallas goalie oninger's glove to preserve the dallas win game five dallas four nothing home win over minnesota pivotal game five's big takeaways dallas goalie jake oninger becomes this postseason's first goalie in the nhl to shut out a team minnesota's marcus felino's knee to knee hit two minutes 14 seconds into the game looks unintentional on dallas's radic faxa faxa leaves the game did not return he returns to play the next game in the series while minnesota's felino gets a five minute major and a game misconduct and dallas's power play opens scoring on the special team's opportunity. 
A minute 46 seconds into the first, Minnesota Sam Steele misses blocker side on a breakaway. Two minutes 22 seconds into the first, Dallas's Tyler Sagan second effort from his knees. Power play goal, his fourth power play tally of the series. Open scoring as Minnesota goalie Philip Gustafson's knob of the stick creates the initial rebound. He stops Sagan with a pad save before it's lifted past him and in. It took Dallas eight seconds into the five-minute major assess to Felino to score, so had the penalty been reduced, Dallas would have still scored the lone goal they did get. However, Dallas, because it was a major, also had a full five-minute power play. A minute four seconds past the first midpoint, Dallas's Jason Robertson's five-hole power play goal off Minnesota's defenders net front from inside off of the top of the circle puts Dallas up a pair. A Dallas goal as they reloaded off a face-off win after Robertson's initial shot far side hit iron. 2-0 Dallas after 1. A minute, 19 seconds into the second, Dallas's Mason Marchment's net side rebound short side goal after Minnesota goalie Gustafson's pad stop on Tyler Sagan's blast just inside the Dallas offensive zone off the rush is the lone middle frame marker. The play set up by a potentially missed high stick batted out of the defensive zone puck play by Dallas's Ryan Suter that can't be reviewed because it didn't occur in the offensive zone for a potential missed stoppage. 3-0 3-0 Dallas or 2. Dallas's tied to Landria's empty net goal, finishing off a 3-on-1 on the feed from Max Domi. With 3 minutes 53 seconds left, the only score in the final stanza, Dallas goalie Jake Oniger stops all 27 Minnesota shots on goal to pick up the postseason shutout, second of his career. Game 6, Dallas 4-1 road win over Minnesota. Game 6, Dallas series clinch big takeaways, first goal wins. As was the case all series, the team that scored the first goal won the game. For Minnesota, they did stay out of the penalty box, but they didn't win the special teams. The turning point, a late two-on-one keep fired wide by Minnesota's Matt Zuccarello, leads to a Dallas Marchment breakaway goal with less than a second left in the second. Instead of Minnesota being down two or even, it's 3 nothing Dallas going into the third. Minnesota couldn't recover. Minnesota Ryan Hartman net side has a puck on the short side open cage roll off his stick. Five minutes, 51 seconds into the first. Dallas's Rope Hintz's series leading fifth goal. Six minutes, 22 seconds into the first open scoring off the rush short side shelf after undressing Minnesota defenseman John Klingberg and wiring it from the dot. one nothing Dallas after 20. Dallas's Mason Marchment in the paint puts it off the short side post on an open net. Three minutes, 36 seconds seconds into the second. Dallas's Wyatt Johnson's first career postseason slot blocker side goal as Dallas's Yevgeny Dodonov wins the sidewall puck battle and sets up Johnston with a backhand pass from below the goal line with 6 minutes 23 seconds left in the second that extends the Dallas lead. Minnesota's Matt Zuccarello fires wide on a 2-on-1 keep that allows Dallas's Marchment to bury a breakaway blocker side roof goal with less than a second left in the second. 3-0 Dallas through 40. Minnesota puts goalie Marc-Andre Fleury in net for the third and was without defenseman Matt Dumba upper body who did not return to play the third. Dallas's Jason Robertson's breakaway chance denied by Minnesota goalie Flurry with 9 minutes 48 seconds left, but Robertson does draw a penalty on the play. With 6 minutes 7 seconds left, Minnesota solved Dallas goalie Jake Oninger as Minnesota's Frederick Goudreau's top of paint backhand lifted goal behind the 
Dallas D coverage set up on a sidewall D pinch by Jake Middleton ends five consecutive periods of shutout play by Otter. Dallas's Max Domi's empty net goal on a neutral zone turnover for a 2-1-0 with Marchment with 57 seconds left in the third seals the Dallas series win in six. Series analysis, Dallas's series game six game winning goal was 19-year-old rookie Wyatt Johnson's first NHL playoff career goal. Pretty sure no one had him penciled in as an NHL playing regular at season start or a 20-plus goal getter. When you think of Dallas's improved offensive depth, the entry-level contract rookie is emblematic of an unexpected for a few years, yet still a difference maker whose arrival ahead of schedule is a piece of the puzzle that makes Dallas better in depth at minimum cost. Dallas drafting goalie Jake Oninger versus the Chicago trade tree return. Dallas traded up the host team Chicago in 2017 to nab its elite starting goalie. Chicago selected now Buffalo defenseman Henry Yokiharu. That then became Alex Nylander. That then became Sam Lafferty, who also was packaged in a deadline deal this year as well as forward Andre Alti-Bar-Marakian, who has never played in North America and remains in Russia with, with St. Petersburg in the KHL. They say don't draft goaltenders in the first round. To those people, I say Jake Oninger is a reason more teams ought to. It may all be apples, but Dallas's Miro Haskinen with six assists was a point-per-game player in the series versus Minnesota. Minnesota defenseman John Klingberg with a goal, three assists, four points in four games played, was the lone other. He just didn't play all the games in the series. However, the defensive play of Dallas's Essel Lindau and Ryan Suter containing Minnesota's Kirill Kaprizov's game-breaking skills, holding him to a lone goal that opened the series was the stuck-like glue blanketing that should be most noted for its effectiveness. Not a knock on Minnesota's Frederick Goudreau with three goals. As a team leader for Minnesota in the series loss, it's just Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy's regular season combined goals for was 71 goals. They had one goal in this series combined. Joe Arksenek played a shift, but his 20-plus goal production wasn't replaced in the playoffs. Boldy certainly had ample chances, just couldn't buy one. Matt Zuccarello and Ryan Hartman, as well as Marcus Johansson, all contributed with a pair of goals. But Minnesota's two biggest goal getters that got them to the dance didn't score in this series. Dallas's Jason Robertson only had two Orope Hints and Tyler Sagan combined for nine goals. Deadline pickup Evgeny Dandinoff had three goals. Dallas with 10 goal getters in the series had one more than Minnesota with nine. While that Dallas trio to Minnesota's Goudreau's lone three goal getter, Minnesota couldn't make up the difference in goal scoring by committee. And remember, Dallas was without Joe Pavelski, who narrowly missed the 30-goal regular season goal mark just by two. The absence of Joel Erickson could have been a boost, and Oscar Sundquist, one goal in his one-game play into the series, was another player Minnesota missed. Still, Minnesota needed more, and credit to Dallas goalie Jake Oninger for the difficulty Minnesota had in trying to score. Special teams, Dallas's Tyler Sagan's four goals in the series were all on the power play. That argument for Sagan were playing an injured Joe Pavelski's net front spot. Of Dallas's team-leading Rope Hintz's five goals, two were on the power play, another shorthanded, and series loan a man-down goal. 
As warned in the preview, Minnesota needed to keep Dallas off the man advantage, and they didn't. Dallas 9 for 22 through 5 games and 9 for 24 in the series, while Minnesota was 4 for 22. Near to equal opportunities, but 5 more goals for for Dallas. Physicality factors in two ways. Series was hard hitting. In winning or losing, both teams paid a price in the end. It makes for great hockey to watch. It's going to lead to players getting hurt, and it's going to lead to a certain kind of penalty being taken. Minnesota's Marcus Foligno's ejection due to, let's be honest, reputation, not the play affected the outcome of Pivotal Game 5. But it's still on Minnesota to rise above the situation and find the response in the situation or have, like Dallas did, the Stars take the opportunity to put it on the scoreboard as they did. How quickly Dallas scored on that power play, even a two-minute rough penalty results in a Dallas power play goal. Yet, a five-minute major also keeps momentum and Dallas on the advantage longer. I don't want to single out guys on either team, but I just think of Game 6 and a one-handed Minnesota defenseman Jake Middleton trying to up the puck in the defensive zone along the sidewall that leads to a turnover and a Dallas goal. That's got to be battled more harder on, especially in an elimination game by a guy who is capable of doing so. In defense of Middleton, his better sidewall offensive zone pinch effort later led to Minnesota's lone Game 6 goal, but the defensive zone one that cost Minnesota a goal was the moment that I knew this series was over for Minnesota. Dallas was ready to battle to win and prepared for a Game 7, but knowing they'd prefer rest and leaving it all out to get it done in 6 in hostile territory to advance and Minnesota didn't have the counterpunch required to square the series again and win it by comparison. Dallas was capable of the knockout scoreboard punch it delivered in game six with Dallas goalie Jake Oninger also more equipped to ensure a Minnesota comeback wasn't happening in the Wilds home rink and Dallas's team compete level in this game. At the most important position, Philip Gustafson at a 2.33 goals against average and a 9.21 save percentage did give Minnesota a chance to win in the games he played with Flurry having the one-off game that gave Dallas an extra game in the series. But by comparison, Jake Oninger in all the games for Dallas improved on his regular season goals against average at 201 and save percentage upping it to a 9.29 had the only shutout in the series that made it more difficult for Minnesota, who is having trouble scoring, be able to score. Special teams and goaltending was won by Dallas, and ultimately, that gave Dallas the series in six. Here's the game recaps for the Central Division winner Colorado versus first wildcard Seattle series. Game 1, Seattle 3-1 road win over Colorado. The big takeaways from Game 1, former Av Seattle goalie Philip Grubauer foils his former team in net. The elevation in his play, comfort in the road rink, and the motivation saw Grubauer lead in stealing Seattle Game 1. And while Colorado goalie Alexander Gorgiev probably can only be faulted for the Seattle game-winning goal against, it was Grubauer with one goal against and 34 saves that was the better goalie. Regular season statistics be damned. 3 minutes 26 seconds into the first, Seattle's Ellie Tovalin slot rebound, batted in goal, unassisted, but with an assist from Nashville's John Hines and David Poyle. Open scoring off of a defensive zone giveaway through the middle by Colorado defenseman Devin Taves off the Seattle forecheck. Colorado's Miko Rantanen's net side tap-in chip goal, 2 minutes 35 seconds past the first midpoint, ties it as from the sidewall circle, Nathan McKinnon feeds it cross-seam on the setup. 
Three minutes, 43 seconds left. Seattle goalie Grubauer stands tall on a Colorado McKinnon two-on-one keep, 1-0 after one. Seattle scored the lone middle frame tally a minute, 20 seconds into the second. Seattle's Alex Winbergs off the rush, short side goal from the top of the circle. Seattle goalie Grubauer denies Colorado's JT Confer in close with four minutes, 16 seconds left in the second and the rebound effort by Colorado's Val Nishnushkin. Colorado's Bo Byram shot goes off of a Seattle goal Grubauer's shoulder and the crossbar with two minutes 50 seconds left from the low circle. 2-1 Seattle's are two. Four minutes three seconds into the third Seattle's a Morgan Geeky short side roof slot goal off the forecheck provides insurance as Colorado pulls the goalie. Colorado's McKinnon's blast just inside the blue line from distance goes off the blocker side post. Game 2, Colorado 3-2 home win over Seattle. The big takeaways from Game 2, Colorado's comeback from down two goals. Like in Game 1 at home, Colorado gave up the first two goals of the game. Colorado flexed in the second and continued in the third to tie it and find the winner after a first where Seattle had a slight edge 11-10 in shots on goal. Colorado had a 31-18 shot on goal advantage through the final two periods of play to even the series. Seattle defenseman Justin Schultz off the rush five hole slot goal two minutes 40 seconds into the first open scoring finishing off a two-on-one backhanded sidewall circle sauce feed from Ellie Tovlin. Seattle's Brandon Tanev's top a circle far side corner short hand a goal with six minutes 33 seconds left in the first adds to it after Yanni Gord wins the battle down low to feed the slot. Colorado goalie Alexander Gorgiev stones a streaking Seattle Gord in alone with a minute. Two seconds left in the first. Two nothing Seattle through 20. Colorado's Arturi Lekkonen's high slot deflection short side goal six minutes 42 seconds into the second off a point blast from Kale McCarr off an offensive zone faceoff win. It's Followed quickly by Colorado's Belnish Nushkins driving to the net, forehand backhand goal 48 seconds after to tie the game on a stretch pass to the Seattle Blue Line with a bumper pass to spring the quick transition into a breakaway. Colorado goalie Gorgia makes a blocker side pad save on Seattle's Jordan Eberle on a Seattle three on one with 30 seconds left in the middle frame, two all through 40. 15 seconds after the third's midpoint, Colorado's Nathan McKinnon is denied on his backhander in close on Seattle goalie Philip Grubauer as Mack flies up the middle through a pair of Seattle defenders with speed. Colorado's Devin Taves rebound far side lifted goal from the circle with seven minutes. One second left in the third ends up the game-winning goal as the lone third period tally. Game 3, Colorado 6-4, road win over Seattle. The big takeaways from Game 3, Colorado's big three show out. Miko Rantanen, two goals and assist. Nathan McKinnon, two goals. And Kale McCarr, a goal and an assist. Were contributors in every goal Colorado scores in the game while spoiling Seattle's playoff home debut. No Val Nishnushkin, cited by Colorado coach Jared Bednar for personal reasons. But later in the series, reported first, according to 32 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman by the Denver Post that a heavily intoxicated woman was hospitalized after being found in Nishnushkin's hotel room in an incident that took place prior to Game 3, according to the Seattle Police Department reports obtained by Paulina Deja, Fox News article of April 28th, as an additional cited source. Nishnushkin again reported, 
was not charged, and he also did not play the rest of the series for Colorado. Six minutes, eight seconds into the first, Seattle's Jaden Schwartz net front screen and deflection goal open scoring off the point shot. Late in the first with three minutes, 53 seconds left, Colorado's JT Coffers backhand cross-crease tuck short end goal ties it. As Colorado get a two-on-one after Seattle forward Daniel Sprung blows a tire at his own blue line, Colorado's Nathan McKinnon's breakaway short side over the pad under the glove goal with 45 seconds left in the first gives Colorado the lead 2-1 Colorado after one. Four minutes, 33 seconds into the second, Colorado scale McCars top a circle blast. Far side roof goal off a Colorado offensive zone faceoff win extends the lead. Seattle's Jamie Alexiak's backhanded lifted glove side goal as from the top of the circle, he carries the puck to the prime slot to score with six minutes, nine seconds left in the middle frame. It's followed by Seattle's Maddie Benier's slot far side skate to stick snap goal 19 seconds after as Seattle goal from the floor check to the cycle three all through two colorado's mika rantanen's off the rush three on two slot five hole goal three minutes one seconds into the third and colorado mckinnon's goal weaving from the point on the cycle to the dot and wiring it short side shell for his second a minute 28 seconds after late in the third colorado rantanen's empty net goal for his second at the seattle blue line with two minutes 14 seconds left in the third happens before seattle schwartz net front screen and tip power play goal off the point pass for his second that finishes out the scoring with 40 seconds left in the final frame. Game 4, Seattle 3-2 overtime home win over Colorado. The big takeaways from Game 4, Colorado's Kale McCars hit on Seattle's lone 40 regular season goal getter Jared McCann 8 minutes 24 seconds into the first after a shorthanded chance as the puck went into the netting and McCarr finished his check without the puck anywhere in sight. Assessed the 5 minute major after Russ reviewed it, it was reduced to 2 minutes interference. McCann did not return in the game, nor play the remainder of the series. Seattle forward Morgan Geeky returned after missing Game 3 to be with his wife for the birth of their daughter. Seattle strikes first for the fourth game of the series with Will Borgen's top of circle one-timer far side glove goal opening scoring off the forecheck to the cycle three minutes, 56 seconds into the first. Seattle's McCann's breakaway shorthanded chance, eight minutes, 24 seconds, and McCarr's hit talked in the takeaways leading to Seattle's Daniel Sprong's top of circle far side post and in power play goal nine seconds past the first midpoint has Seattle take a two nothing lead through 20 in the back half of the second Colorado's Miko Rantanen evens it with two goals his first five hole slot goal finishing off a Colorado three on two rush with five minutes 52 seconds left in the middle frame and a short side shelf power play goal as he takes the puck from the low circle to the top of the circle and wires it through traffic with 50 seconds left in the second to tie it two all through 40. A scoreless third. Seattle's Jaden Swartz sprung at the Colorado blue line is stuffed by Colorado goalie Alexander Gorgiev but draws a trip penalty second shy of two minutes into the first overtime. Seattle's Jordan Eberle's broken play slot short side power play goal three minutes into the first overtime nets the game winning goal as Seattle's Jaden Schwartz slot shot is blocked by Colorado defenseman Devin Taves to then land net front for Eberle to bury it. 
Game 5, Seattle 3-2 road win over Colorado. The big takeaways from Game 5. Colorado's Kale McCarr serves his one-game suspension by the NHL Department of Player Safety for his hit in Game 4 on Seattle's Jarrett McCann. In the game, it's Colorado's Nathan McKinnon's missed focus, losing his cool on a trip he felt when uncalled in the offensive zone as he slammed his stick into the glass, barking at the refs. The lost focus allowed Seattle to instead have numbers the other way and end up scoring. Penalty or not, you have to keep playing. Colorado defenseman Josh Manson did not play the third, and it was reported he re-aggravated his previous injury as well, missing the rest of the series. Seattle's Morgan Geeky rings iron on a Seattle 4-on-2 rush a minute 13 seconds into the first, and on a Seattle power play from the dot, so does Ellie Tolan with 7 minutes 40 seconds left in a score first. Seattle nets the first goal of the game again. Morgan Geeky's top of the paint rebound scramble five hole goal off the forecheck six minutes 35 seconds into the second. A minute 20 seconds after Colorado's Nathan McKinnon in the paint off his skate goal ties it. That was off the pad stop by Seattle goalie Philip Grubauer as he slid back into his crease to stop the sidewall shot by Colorado's Mika Rantanen after Grubauer had served it up with a failed behind the net clearing attempt. Seattle's Ty Cartier's goal in his NHL debut bookends the middle frame finishing a four on three from the circle. That's a play of McKinnon's big takeaway goal against. 2-1 Seattle after two. Seattle's Yanni Gord's fly-by tip goal off a Carson Soucy point shot a minute 40 seconds into the third provides insurance and Colorado's Evan Rodriguez's late six-on-five point one-timer blast goal off of two Seattle defenders and in with three minutes 37 seconds left narrows the lead to one but it's as close as Colorado gets. Game 6, Colorado 4-1 road win over Seattle. The big takeaways from Game 6, Seattle's Jordan Everlay's second period cross-check on Colorado's Andrew Cogliano with 2 minutes 16 seconds left in the frame. Had Everlay receive a 2-minute boarding penalty, Cogliano returned to finish the game remarkably, considering after further diagnosis, he was found to have suffered a neck fracture that made him unavailable for Game 7. Now, homerism aside, truth is the Colorado media, and yeah, specifically, I'm calling out Kyle Keefe and his Twitter reaction, not because the NHL Department of Player Safety doesn't hand out suspension for cross-checks like this ever. A fact, back in 2020 during the playoff bubble, Dallas versus Colorado series, then Colorado defenseman Nikita Zadorov blindsided the non-puck-carrying Dallas forward Matthias Janmark in a play that didn't even have a two-minute penalty called on it. Both should have warranted suspensions and five-minute boarding penalties and kicked those players out of their respective games. But the NHL isn't serious about player safety. But what I hate is selective homer narratives that suit the team you cover like Keith's Eberle take was. Because if it was Cogs on Eberle, Keith would be crickets not calling for a suspension. Colorado's Bull Byram looks to open scoring with a far side glove slot goal off the rush through traffic with 5 minutes 29 seconds left in the first. Seattle successfully challenged for offside as the board battle entering the offensive zone has Colorado's Evan Rodriguez put himself offside battling with Seattle's Alex Wenberg at zone entry. No goal. 
With four minutes, 12 seconds left in the first, Seattle again score first on Vince Dunn's from the sidewall short side blast goal off a soft defensive zone clear after Colorado goalie Alexander Gorgiev's initial save off the rush. Colorado's Miko Rantanen's net side tapping goal as on the off the rush shot net front, Rodriguez passes at the top of the paint to set it up with 20 seconds left in the first, one all through 20. Colorado's Rantanen's low circle slot short side power play shot goes off of the post then the crossbar three minutes 27 seconds into the second seven minutes 21 seconds into the second Colorado's Eric Johnson's center point shot goal off bodies through traffic off the forecheck to the cycle gives Colorado the lead late in the middle frame Colorado's Arturi Lekkonen's net front tip goal on a shot point pass from Devon Taves off the cycle with three minutes three seconds left puts Colorado up to Seattle goalie Philip Grubauer's sliding pad save denies Colorado's JT Conference backdoor tap in on the power play chance with two minutes eight seconds left in the second 3-1 Colorado through 40 Colorado's Lekkonen's winning the race off a defensive zone clear to pot an empty net goal for his second of the game with 12 seconds left is the low marker of the third as Colorado forced game seven Game 7, Seattle 2-1, road win over Colorado. The big takeaways from Game 7, the offside review in Colorado's Game 6 win, took the opening goal off the board. The Game 7 offside review took the third period game-tying goal off the score sheet. Don't get me wrong, the plays were both offside, especially the Game 7 offensive zone entry. What I find anticlimactic is the broadcasters need to suggest while the review is on, the offside call already hasn't been decided. When's the last time the video coaches of a team challenged an offside they weren't 100% sure of, risking their team getting a penalty for a wrong challenge? Well, I can't remember. What I do know is that as soon as the coach's challenge for offside is used, that goal just scored isn't going to be a goal. The big takeaway is the lack in attention to details Colorado had in the series with Seattle that preventable all added up to tilt the series against the Avs. A scoreless first with Seattle goalie Philip Grubauer's blocker stop on Colorado's Nathan McKinnon's point blank from between the hash marks, wired shot with 8 minutes 59 seconds left in the first that keeps it scoreless. Seattle's Oliver Bjorkstrand rings the short side iron off a face-off win from a bad angle 2 minutes 45 seconds into the second before Seattle, for the seventh consecutive game in the series, all of them, scored the opening goal 3 minutes 24 seconds into the second. The first goal, one of a pair by Seattle's Bjorkstrand, is a below-the-goal-line backhander off possibly Colorado defenseman Eric Johnson's stick, then Alex Newhook net front stick for sure. Sure, and off of the body of Ben Myers, absolutely, before ending up in the back of the net. That was originally credited to Seattle's Brandon Tanev battling at the top of the crease, who never touches it. The second Bjorkstrand goal, two seconds shy of four minutes after, as he streaks up the wall in alone with speed, goes far side posting in. Colorado's Miko Rantanen rings iron on a two-on-one keep with six minutes, four seconds left in the second before Rantanen gets credit for Colorado's power play goal with 28 seconds left in the middle frame. McKinnon's one-timer from just above the dot, but far side goes off of Rantanen as he does a flyby in front of the net to make it a one-goal game. 
2-1 Seattle after two. Colorado's McKinnon looks to get the equalizer as he blasts far side past Seattle goalie Philip Grubauer from just inside the point off the cycle two minutes, 37 seconds into the third. Seattle successfully challenged for a missed offside at two minutes, 20 seconds in prior to the goal. A Colorado defensive zone dumped down the ice that Colorado's JT Confer wins the race to as the puck goes off the end boards for a set play is foiled by how well Seattle goalie Grubauer prepares for it. Almost if he played for Colorado at one time. With 7 minutes 59 seconds left, Colorado goalie Alexander Gorgiev denies Seattle's Bjorkstrand of the hat trick on a Seattle 3-on-1. Colorado run out of time to knot the game up and force extra time, and Seattle win Game 7 to knock out the defending champs Colorado in Round 1. Series analysts give Grew his due. Former Avs starting goalie Seattle's Philip Grubauer after a pedestrian regular season elevated his postseason play more so than any goalie in any other playoff series did. If you want to know why Colorado didn't sweep Seattle in quick fashion as expected, it was a healthy, motivated Grubauer's backstopping that made this series as competitively close as it became. Ultimately, in mostly close scoring games, it was one Seattle was able to, as no one expected, to win. Seattle playing with the lead versus Colorado playing from behind. The defending champs didn't score first in any game in the seven-game series, while the underdog Kraken did. While in a series that went to seven, you could make the argument there wasn't much importance as Colorado erased the deficit to win in three of the games. Still, it also factors that the OT game Seattle gave up the lead to be tied to then win becomes that narrow one extra win over seven games that balances between giving up a losing three times, but also Seattle getting the lead and holding it to win three times as well. That old saying, first goal wins held true over who won the series finally hit the road firstly every western conference road team won game one not just seattle secondly as i said off the top seattle goalie philip grubauer's time in colorado would certainly give him a comfort level facing his former team and seattle's team play style is also better suited for the road when the home team doesn't stray from structure to try and excite its home crowd especially in its first ever playoff series Seattle won three of the four, including the decisive Game 7 in Colorado on the road. And not that I looked at the home and road splits, but for everything said about Seattle's 26-11-4 road to their 2017-4 home record, Colorado's was similar, in fact a better 29-11-1 road team to their also better 22-13-6 home mark. Still, I'd put stock in a former goalie's comfort in the opposite positions rank now. Seattle's Grubauer had success, but another goalie, Vegas's Laurent Bressois, a backup for Winnipeg a few years ago, also did well in the road games in Winnipeg against his old team. Not so special teams. I had this as an advantage for Colorado going in. It wasn't. Game one through three, Colorado didn't have a power play goal and Seattle had won. Colorado evened it with a shorty in game three. In game four, the overtime Seattle win, Colorado did finally score a power play goal, yet Seattle had 
two on the man advantage, including the overtime game-winning goal. Neither team scored on the power play in game five or six, with Colorado having two more opportunities to do so for Colorado to finally win the special teams in one game, game seven, getting the lone goal they had on the power play going one for one. It's the only goal they got in the game. Colorado, 2-for-18 on the power play with the shorty, was near equal to Seattle's 3-for-21 in the series. Three combined special teams goals for each. That's a saw. What were two spots Colorado was to have an edge were to be the special teams and the goaltending, and those areas simply weren't. Both made the series a coin toss as it was, except Seattle was the team that battled more consistently, started on time, and really tried to not give Colorado any freebies where the defending champs' details weren't as tidy or committed that they did provide Seattle some gifts to ultimately prevail with, albeit a roster minus some talent from injuries, but still made up of NHLers capable of winning it to not just use that as the reason Colorado didn't. Tale of the Tape Dallas versus Seattle Round 2 Western Conference semifinal matchup preview. A quick insert, this was recorded but not edited in time to be up for the quick turnaround of Game 1 of this series with the other one going 7 games. That's why we include Game 1 of this series off the top of the podcast. What follows was in sight for the whole series prior to Game 1. Dallas finished the regular season 47-21-14-108 points, 659 point percentage in the full 82, second in the Central Division, 39 regulation wins. Seattle finished 46-28-8-100 points in the full 82 games played, 610 point percentage. Fourth in the Pacific Division, 37 regulation wins. Head-to-head Dallas 4-3 overtime road win March 11th. Dallas a 5-2 road win March 13th. And Dallas a 5-4 overtime home loss March 21st. Dallas was 2-0-1. Seattle was 1-1-1 head-to-head. Starting in goal, Dallas starter Jake Ottinger was full value in net versus Minnesota in the regular season. 61 games started, 37-11-11, 2.37 goals against average, 9.19 save percentage, 5 shutouts. 12th ranked in money puck in 11.8 in goal saved above expected. In round 1 versus Minnesota, Otter had a 2.01 goals against average and a 9.29 save percentage, 1 shutout. To go 4-2 and record-wise and show the elevation Dallas received in net by their starter. Money Puck had Oninger's goal saved above expected at 4.3 in round one. That ranked third best and one of the tenders ahead of him. Teams lost and didn't advance. Dallas backup goalie Scott Wedgwood, 29th ranked, 4.5 goal saved above expected, was 9-8-3 in 18 games started in the regular season. And he gives me more confidence than Seattle's backup does. Having just knocked off his former team, the Avs, Seattle goalie Philip Grubauer's regular season stats, 36 games started, 17-14-4 with a 2.85 goals against average and an 8.95 save percentage, no shutouts, and ranked 64th with a minus point seven goal saved above expected metric and was an area most thought was a weakness in the opening round. However, in round one versus Colorado, Grubauer's 2.44 goals against average, 9.26 save percentage, zero shutout to go 4-3 and three while facing more shots on goal than Colorado goalie Alexander Gorgiev was Seattle's biggest asset to advancing. 
Money Puck had Grubauer at 2.9 goal saved above expected in round one, ranking him fifth best, but below Ottinger in that metric. I still pause on the idea that Grubauer will regress back to the mean. The motivation of playing his former team, including a lot of teammates, is accomplished. The other is Grubauer hasn't managed to stay healthy to go on a deep run. He certainly has had his regular season workload managed, but until he can complete a pair of playoff rounds injury-free, I won't predict Grubauer does. Seattle backup goalie would be vet Martin Jones if Grubauer isn't able to. By the numbers, the edge goes to Dallas goalie Oninger. However, by the numbers, the edge went to Colorado goalie Gorgiev over Seattle goalie Grubauer in round one, and then it was Grubauer who played better. I still, at picking a current goalie to build a cup contender around when this season started, would pick Ottinger, given his age and consistent development path thus far. Turning to the blue line, in the round one preview, I said Dallas Merrill Haskinen was really the lone defenseman capable of point-per-game production in that matchup. In six games played with six assists, that held true. Dallas's top four group of Merrill Haskinen, Essel Lindell, Ryan Suter, and Yanni Hockenpah is a playoff-experienced one. 21-year-old Thomas Harley played all six in the series, while Colin Miller was in three versus Minnesota and a steady, reliable vet Joel Hanley. 31 playing the other three dallas also has niles lundquist 22 that by year-end usage depth chart would be the eighth option and that's solid for a deep run seattle had four d-men score goals versus colorado former star jamie alexiak former blue vince dunn will borgen and justin schultz who added four assists for five points over seven games played most of a Seattle defenseman. Dunn paired with former Oiler defenseman Adam Larson, Oleksiak with Borgen, with a bottom pairing of former wild heavy hitter Carson Soucy and Schultz, although they kind of evenly split minutes as a D group six. I think I undervalued the Vets Larson and Schultz ability to contribute, and Borgen, it turns out, is decent. Not sure about D depth of Jacob Megna or developing defenseman Kale Flurry as the next D up. Dallas has an edge in team defense, third in the regular season with 2.62 goals against per game, while Seattle ranked 14th at 3.52 goals against per game. Again, Grubauer elevated his play in round one, so Seattle would see improvement in the goals against per game. Lost in the expansion draft by Dallas was Seattle defenseman Jamie Oleksiak, who I've always been a fan of. In fact, I still don't understand Dallas's decision that summer prior to the expansion draft to send third-line center Jason Dickinson to Vancouver because he would be selected instead. Truthfully, had Dickinson ended up being selected, it would have allowed Dallas to keep Alexiak, and I felt honestly, given the two-player options, I'd still have grabbed Alexiak over Dickinson, but Seattle might have appreciated the two-way center. We don't know. It is one of the few times I was critical of Dallas's offseason moves in losing both, not one, by that decision. Still, Dallas did need to change its forward group mix that summer, especially the bottom six at the time. However, Oleksiak's mobility, as shown on his Game 3 goal versus Colorado, is a subtle part of his skill set, oft not talked about. His defensive size, the part that is more talked about.
But given the plus 35 age of Ryan Suter to the prime-aged Alexiak, I felt it was a downgrade to the Dallas D group. That said, Dallas's Suter was certainly motivated versus his old Minnesota squad, and Dallas, I'm sure, hopes that continues in round two. Miro Haskinen looks to be elevating for Dallas, and Seattle can only hope the D group, like they did versus Colorado, collectively contribute to counter his offensive ability. That theme will reemerge with Seattle's forward group. Dallas's Haskinen having a standout series will definitely make it harder for Seattle, who did contain in the games he played for Colorado's Kale McCarr, to limit his impact on the score sheet. Seattle needs to do that with Haskinen also, if it's possible. Dallas's top line drives the offense. Dallas did lose Joe Pavelski in game one versus Minnesota. He is expected to return to slot on the second line now, while it was Tyler Sagan who was elevated in his place. Sagan's four goals on the power play only surpassed by top center Rope Hints with five goals to lead the team. Yevgeny Dodonov acquired at the deadline also was solid versus Minnesota with three goals. Team leader in goals in the regular season, Jason Robertson, who had a career-high 46 goals, had two versus Minnesota, but also seven points. So that's one of three forwards, Hintz, Sagan, as well as defenseman Miro Haskinen, that were over point-per-game production versus Minnesota. Secondary scoring from Jamie Benn, rookie Wyatt Johnson, Max Domi, Mason Marchment, and Ty Delandria will remind you that Dallas has three lines that can score and a fourth line that you can play. In fact, the time on ice distribution in the regular season, as I mentioned in the Minnesota-Dallas preview, was over 12 minutes for the fourth liners while under 18 minutes except for Robertson in all situations. Dallas had 10 different goal getters in the series versus Minnesota and Pavelski was injured before he was able to light the lamp. Seattle looks to be without Jared McCann, the lone 40-goal player on Seattle in the regular season after the hit Colorado's Kale McCarr was suspended for. No timeline for the undisclosed injury. Will he play? We'll only find out when he does. During the regular season, Seattle did have five 20-plus goal players in addition to McCann's 40 goals. Rookie Matt Beneers, Jordan Eberle, former Blue Jaden Schwartz, also a cup winner in St. Louis, and Oliver Bjorkstrand and Daniel Sprong, the other. Waiver wire from Nashville pickup, Ellie Tovalin had 18 goals, former Jet Brandon Tanev with 16 additionally. It's goal scoring by committee. Seattle, in addition to McCann's list of injured players, forward Andre Burakovsky, lower body week to week, he didn't play a game in round one. As well, Seattle forward Jonas Donskoy, who was out prior to the season start because of a concussion, has yet to play. And by time on ice distribution, as I mentioned prior to the Colorado series, Seattle essentially runs three NHL level capable second lines. Seattle with 15 different goal getters for the Colorado series sounds impressive. The drawback is no player had more than two individually. This matchup will have both coaches roll four lines, but it is really who has a standout game each night in the series that could be the difference maker. Also of interest to me is the game within the game to see if the elite rookies, either Dallas's Wyatt Johnston or Seattle's Matty Beneers, find a way to more impact the series than the other. In the regular season, Dallas at 3.43, average goals per game 7th, yet Seattle was better at 3.52, tied 4th overall in the league by comparison. The consistency key to Dallas 
is, for the most part, all season they have remained healthy and, with Joe Pavelski's return, look again to be at least to start the series. Seattle with McCann's status unknown, Burakovsky additionally miss a pair of players that do contribute to goal production, and Seattle will miss them. The overall toughness in the series excites me for the first-time playoff foes, heavy four-check teams that like the battle. This should feel more like the Dallas-Minnesota series was than the series Seattle and Colorado had in the gameplay style. Special teams, Dallas was fifth in the NHL, while Seattle 19th on the power play in the regular season. Dallas was a substantially better penalty kill, ranked third, while Seattle ranked 21st. Like against Colorado, Seattle needs to avoid Dallas capitalizing with a power play edge, as it could be the difference. Seattle made sure versus Colorado that it wasn't. Dallas coach Pete DeBoer has more playoff experience than Seattle's coach Dave Haxtall, but Seattle's coach can still make use of the underdog tag like he did versus Colorado. The second round matchup begins in Dallas with Game 1 Tuesday, Game 2 Thursday in Dallas. The teams go back to Seattle for Games 3 and 4 to be announced in the best of 7 series. Prediction, Dallas in 6, mostly because Dallas can roll 4 lines with the best in the West and simply Jake Oninger. I do feel special teams and goaltending wins this series. Next up for the podcast, we will wrap up the postseason exits for the defending champs Colorado and another Another Minnesota first round playoff exit while we unpack Winnipeg, who were the quickest to exit the Stanley Cup playoffs as Vegas eliminated the Jets in five. We'll also have to do recaps on that one. Nashville, St. Louis, Arizona, and Chicago have all got the push as we'll have podcasts to wrap up their non-playoff campaigns, wrap up the regular season for them when time permits with the playoffs well underway. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Lone Stars series involving a Central Division team that remains.